Thank you so much for joining us for Ankeny Gospel Church Podcast. On this podcast, you can find sermons, classes, and other resources that continue to invite us into the mission of Jesus and the journey of faith. We hope this is a blessing to you, and if we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out. I'm reading from Matthew 10, 16 through 25, Persecution Predicted. Look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as serpents and as innocent as doves. Beware of them, because they will hand you over to the local courts and flog you in their synagogues. You will even be brought before governors and kings because of me, to bear witness to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to speak, for you will be given what to say at that hour, because it isn't you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father is speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to another. For truly I tell you, you will not have gone through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher or a slave above his master. It is enough for a disciple to become like his teacher and a slave like his master. If they call the head of the house Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household. This is the word of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Good morning. Better? Better? Okay, we'll get there. All right. How many of you have seen the movie Remember the Titans? Some of you? Great football movie, right? It's a, about a, um, back in the days of segregation, and they combined two schools, and they started practice together, and the, the team, the football team, they could not stand each other. They were fighting. They were doing all these They were undercutting each other, not doing their assignments, all of it. And they went to, uh, they had a football camp near Gettysburg and um, did a lot of running. And then the coach stood up, you know, it's this beautiful scene, there's fog on the ground, and he puts, he does this big speech. And instantly, it seems like, everyone is totally different. And they're like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Every football show pretty much has one of those speeches. Pretty much every sports thing. They always have a speech like that. Similar to that, the disciples are getting their speech right now. They have heard Jesus talk about the kingdom of heaven. Then they saw him do the kingdom of heaven, healing people. And then as as Tom talked about last week, Jesus gave them the authority to do it themselves. They finally, instead of practice, were going to the big game, right? And Jesus said, I'll give you authority to raise the dead, heal the sick, cleanse those with leprosy, and drive out demons. Awesome. I mean, that's got to be a a great, that'd be a great speech to hear. Hey, you're going to be able to do all these things, right? That would be amazing. And then 
takes a little bit of a turn, right? The, the speech changes just a little bit. In our text, we read Matthew, uh, right in Matthew 10, 16, it says, Look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. What a great speech. Hey, it's not, I'm, I'm sending you out like bears among wolves. Or jaguars or something, right? Something cool, or hawks, right? Could be any of those things against the wolves, right? But he says, sheep. I bet they looked at each other like, that is lame. I'm not excited to be a sheep. It's not what I was expecting. Who was the first sheep? Well, Jesus was the Lamb of God, right? He's calling them to follow him, to be like him. And sometimes that doesn't feel great in the world. It's not the pep talk I thought. Then he says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves, even worse, right? That doesn't sound, uh, doesn't sound like that's going to go well, right? You know, when I was in high school, we actually combined schools. We were the Panthers. And then we combined schools and we had to do this survey to figure out what our mascot was going to be, right? It was like knights and warriors and like panthers, bears, that sort of thing. You know what was not on the list? Sheep. You don't go into a game like, yeah, sheep, go sheep. Why? They're not offensive creatures. They're not creatures out to do battle, right? They're pretty much protected by a shepherd. That's it. They're not sheep. So Jesus says this whole speech, you're going to be able to, to, uh, you're going to, be able to cast out demons. You're going to be able to raise the sick, and you're like sheep. And uh, that would be a very confusing thing to start with. You know, Jesus rarely talks about the Christian life as a battle, and when he does, it's against the rulers, powers, and authorities of the spiritual realm. He calls us to be sheep in the world. We are going to go out and proclaim the truth in a world of wolves. He doesn't ask us to form sides, teams, to form ranks here. He says, you're out. Sheep wander, right? They're just wandering all over. He says, go throughout the, the towns of Israel like sheep. The wolves, if, if a sheep walks in front of a wolf, they're salivating, right? They're like, this is the best day ever. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to attack, right? Jesus is warning us that's how the world's going to look at us. That's how the world's going to look at his followers. Why? Because that's how they saw him. The world, he was crucified by the world destroyed by the world, and we are going to be called to suffer, to go through persecution, to struggle. Now, I know um, many of you, okay, the battle imagery, he doesn't say that, but what about the, the armor of God? Remember the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of truth, those things? What does he say to do in that passage? Do you remember? Does he say, strike off the head of our enemy? Does he say that? No, he doesn't. 
He says two things. Pray and stand. All right, I want you to go out there and I just want you to stand. That's weird, right? But that's what calls, God calls us to, to stand in the midst of all the struggles of this world. To stand. It's like standing is the supreme act of warfare. We're just to stand. He's already won the battle. He's already done it all. We're going to go through hardship. We're going to go through persecution in this world. And what are we called to do? Stand. I know it's hard. It's like he's already, he's already seeing. It's going to be rough at times. Just asking you to stand. And I will give you the strength to do so. You know, it says, how, then it goes, it, after the passage saying we're like sheep among wolves, it says, therefore, do two things. And he uses two other images of animals. The first is to be shrewd as serpents. That's to think, be wise, be crafty. It actually uses similar imagery if you think back to Satan in the Garden of Eden and the serpent. He was crafty. We are to be wise. We are to be thoughtful. Think through things. Later in this passage, he says, if you're persecuted, go from one town to the next. You're not going to run out of towns before the Son of Man returns. Be wise. But in case we go too far on that, he uses the second one, which is be innocent as doves. Also, not a very scary creature. Doves. Sheep and doves. Not very scary, right? We're to be innocent. We're going to walk through this world like sheep, with wolves ready to devour us, and we're to be wise, and we're to be innocent. That's what he calls us to do. Take no false or untrue action. Be innocent. Do you take the time to practice with Jesus being innocent? This world is going to pull you in all kinds of directions. I mean, I can't go five seconds without looking at my phone sometimes, and it's pulling me, pulling me in a different direction. Whatever you watch, it's pulling you. It's pulling you in a direction. Are we aware? Are we wise of how the world is pulling us? Sometimes it feels like we don't have enough time to breathe, and yet Jesus calls us to, in the midst of all of those distractions, be innocent, be wise. He's going to go on to say why we must be shrewd and innocent. Verse 17, beware of them, speaking of the wolves, because they will hand you over to local courts and flog you in their synagogues. You will even be brought before governors and kings because of me to bear witness to them and to the Gentiles. Now, similar to uh, Remember the Titans, he starts by talking about football and ends by talking about life, right? Jesus, too, is talking about their specific mission to go to the houses of Israel, but then he, he zooms out. And we know he zooms out because he talks about going before kings and going, um, and going to the Gentiles, which he specifically calls them not to do earlier. He's taking a step back and saying, hey, this isn't just a one-time thing, this is life. You're gonna go, you're gonna go out into the world and they will not receive you. They will not listen to you because they don't listen to me. 
from a worldly perspective, that's not going to be easy. He doesn't just end on the rah-rah. He says, man, this is going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But he doesn't leave us that way. He doesn't leave us with that. He, he gives us two pieces of encouragement in the midst of this hardship and specifically in the midst of persecution. Persecution is being treated poorly for Jesus. Doing what is right and getting maltreated for that. He says, uh, let's go into this encouragement. Two pieces of encouragement. But when they hand you over, not if, when. When they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to speak. For you will be given what to say at that hour, because it isn't you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father is speaking through you. How many times have you wished for the right words to say? Or you leave a situation like, oh, I should have thought of that. That would have been awesome. Usually, my heart is thinking of it in the wrong way. Like, oh, I could have really, really put the screws to it if I would have said that. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. He will give you the right words. How many of you are anxious? If you were to have to stand before presidents and kings, how many of you would be anxious about that? I know I would be. Uh worried but jesus says these are fishermen these are people that probably did their best to avoid talking to kings right and he says i'll give you the right words i'll give you the words to say god himself is our advocate isn't that encouraging how many of you want to share the gospel with somebody but you don't know the right words to say god will give you those words Listen to him. Stay open. Trust him. As a believer in Jesus, if you have taken that step, you are never on your own. Ever. I will give some context here. He's talking to his disciples who have heard him preach. He, they followed him around, slept where he slept on the ground, and did all those things. Now, certainly Jesus could give you and the Holy Spirit could give you words to say, just totally out of the blue because he's all powerful and he can do that. But in this context, the disciples had spent years with Jesus. How do you think that looked? They're going before kings. Oh, I remember when Jesus said this. I remember when, when Jesus did this. Are you spending the time with Jesus so that the Holy Spirit can continually bring forward those things? How many of you have memorized a verse and then just one verse and then 20, 30, 100 times later that week, you're like, oh, I thought of that verse. In that context, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit bringing it to your mind, showing you how to apply his word. Spend the time with Jesus. The Holy Spirit will just ruminate on those things in your mind. So that in the moment when you don't know what to do, you open your mouth and the Holy Spirit is what comes out not your anger, not your disdain or your bitterness. The Holy Spirit is what comes out. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. This whole thing is about, is all pointing back to Jesus. He was the lamb. It's pointing, he's the one that's rejected. He's the one that they're persecuting. It's not about you. It's about him. 
He's being the one questioned, not us. He will not abandon us. That's the first bit of encouragement. God will speak through us. Let's look and read for the second encouragement in this passage. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. I bet you're like, okay, Nate, that doesn't sound encouraging. That doesn't sound super awesome. At first glance, it sounds awful, dreadful. It sounds like it's almost sounding threatening, right? Well, you better persevere so that you can be saved. Is that our Savior? Is that the tone of Scripture and what Scripture says? Absolutely not. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 says, In him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of his possession, that's us, to the praise of his glory. He's already paid the down payment. We're already his. So we don't have to worry about whether or not, oh, I better persevere so that I can get there. We are not, our endurance does not earn our salvation. John 5, 24 says, Truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. Has passed already. Death to life. Done, finished, complete. So Jesus is not saying, oh, you better endure, because if you do, then you get to heaven. That's not, that's not how that works. He does that. The promised seal of the Holy Spirit, the redemption of his possession, the down payment of our inheritance, we've already passed from death to life. Brothers and sisters, God does not promise us a life free of persecution and hardship. As a matter of fact, he says that we will have persecution. We will have hardship. But he doesn't leave us. He helps us to endure. You know the only one who didn't have that help in the hour of need was Jesus. When he suffered, the Father turned his face away from him, and he was utterly utterly alone the very fears the fears you have of being completely left completely abandoned alone that happened to jesus why so that when things come to us we will not be abandoned let go jesus stays with us through the persecution through the pain what else would you have God do? Avoid pain? Avoid hardship, persecution? Like he's running from a bully? Is that our God? No. Through our hardship, through our pain, God uses that and he helps us to endure. He gets us through that. 
and he takes it and takes everything the world has to offer and turn it on his, uh, against us, turns it on his head. Everything. We can endure anything. You know, I mean, people could look at Christians and say, well, nothing bad ever happens to you. That's not true. It's just that God helps us to endure all the way through. Our God is bigger, our God is stronger, and he promises to bring you through whatever hardship. You know, I am uh, terrified of heights. I really don't like heights. Have you been up into the arch? The, the windows kind of face downward and it's kind of swaying a little bit? That is a horrible idea. Who made that building? I, I mean, people say it's a crowning achievement. It's a terrible idea. That's really what it is. But being up there, it is, it is terrifying. Or, or um, how many of you have been on a low or a high ropes course? I've been on one of those where you're up there and you have to walk on these wires. <laughs> also a terrible idea. But you have this harness in the, on, on there, right? And it's holding you up. And I remember I did this as a senior in high school and I was walking on these wires and you had to lean on, it was a, you had to lean on your partner and the wires got further and further apart until you're pretty much staring straight down. It was awful. I still have chills. I have chills right now telling the story. But I fell and it caught me right? And after it caught me, I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Do you know that when you go through pain and hardship that the Holy Spirit is an unbreakable bond to you? Everything you're afraid of, he is 100% holding you. You cannot fall. You could avoid it. You could not go up on those things. You could try. It's not going to work, by the way. Eventually, you're going to have to go on the high ropes course and stare straight down. It's pretty terrible. But God is going to be with you the whole time. That is our testament to the world. It isn't the avoidance of persecution or hardship. It is the fact that no matter what happens, God is with us all the way through it. The whole time. Let's continue. When they persecute you in one town, flee to another. For truly, I tell you, you will not have gone through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Now here's the key verse of this passage. A disciple is not above his teacher or a slave above his master. It is enough for a disciple to become like his teacher and a slave like his master. If they called the head of the house Beelzebul, how much more the member of his household? When you become a Christian, you remember when you, uh, when we're baptized, taken down into death, raised into new life? We, our whole life is symbolizing what Jesus did on the cross. We're going to suffer. We are not above our teacher, but it, it, we get to be like him. And he will hold you as you go through the hard things, the persecution, the pain. He will be with you that whole time. When you go with your family on the holidays and you have that somewhat uncomfortable family member that says off-color things or kind of is mean and mocks you, you can endure that. You can still love on that family member. You can still love them. When you're going into high school or something and... Everyone is talking about things you know you shouldn't. 
And when you refuse not refuse to talk about those things and they mock you for it, they say, swear. Why don't you just swear this one time? Just swear. You're a wimp. God is with you. You can endure that. What about when you go to work and people are angry with you because you won't compromise on what you know to be right, even in the smallest things? I will not cheat. I will not lie. I will not steal. And everyone's like, oh, come on. It's such a minor thing. Come on. No big deal. They're going to make fun of you for that. Are you going to endure? Persevere through that? Let's look at a few of our ancestors uh, spiritual ancestor Stephen, a deacon of the first church and the first martyr, was stoned to death while he was praying for the people throwing the rocks. You know, I look at that and I'm like, I, I don't think I would be doing that. I'd be picking up the rocks and throwing them back. But God is with me. God will help me endure that circumstance. We look at these circumstances, persecution, we look at them with fear, but we forget we forget God is totally with us. You know, Roy Ponto, a believer in Indonesia, was 15 years old when a mob confronted him, 15 years old, and said, you either tell me you don't believe in Christ or we're going to kill you right now. And his response was, I'm a soldier of Christ. So they killed him right then and there. God was with him. God stood with him, in him, around him. They did their worst, and he was not beaten. And now he's in glory. And I bet Jesus is like, oh, that was amazing. I love you. In 320 AD, there was a legion, a whole legion of Roman soldiers who believed in Jesus, and they were told to recant. They didn't. So they were stripped naked and herded out onto a frozen lake in the middle of the night to spend the whole night out on a frozen lake. And then the Roman authorities brought out and they, they like bathed with hot water around them and you know took the hot water that's steaming and, and they said, all you have to do is say you don't follow Jesus. Whole legion of soldiers. Finally, one soldier gave in and went to, went to, the, to those hot baths. And you know what happened? One of the soldiers that was guarding them stripped off his clothes and walked out into the lake to be with his brothers and rejoice. That's not a human thing. That's a God thing. That's a God thing. He's going to move in us to stand and even rejoice no matter the persecution that comes. That's unbelievable. Story after story. There's a book I read in the 90s um, called Jesus Freaks right? Um, and it has story after story after story of how God has been faithful as people endured unimaginable things, still with joy. The world can't understand that because the world doesn't have Jesus. God will strengthen you through suffering, through pain. We do not have to be afraid of it. Isn't that amazing? Everything everyone else is afraid of, we don't have to. We don't have to fear that at all because God will be with us the whole time. I'm not minimizing pain. I'm not minimizing hardship. It is terrible. Some of you are going through awful things right now. But God is good. And he will help you through it. 
Several years ago, we were having some um, really, really challenging times with our eldest. And I remember a time where I'm sitting there and I was like, this could not be worse. I cannot think of a worse circumstance to be in than I am at this moment. There are worse circumstances, this is, but I was, I was just like, this is, this is horrible. And yet, I had this weird peace. I'm getting yelled at and screamed at, and I'm like, huh, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Now, other times I responded very poorly to that suffering, but God can do that. Do you trust him? Are your eyes on the persecution, or are they on Jesus, who helps you through that persecution? You know, right now, you might be thinking of terrible things, even death, and like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how I could do that. My mom shared a story with me about this a long time ago. Uh, Corey Ten Boom. Anyone read anything by, about Corey Ten Boom? Corey was a, um, in the, uh, uh, lived during the Holocaust, and her family was helping to smuggle out Jews and things. And uh, she got taken to a concentration camp with her, with her sister, and at one point, somewhere in there, she worried to her father, like, what? I'm worried. I don't know that I'm, I have the strength to do this. What if we get caught? What if this happens? And her dad um, shared a story, and he said, what happens when we go to the train? When do I give you your ticket? She's like, well, you don't give me the ticket until we're about to get ready on the train. That's how God operates. When we approach death, God will give us the ticket, give us the endurance at that moment to take care of that. When you face hardship, persecution, God gives you what you need there. He's not gonna give it to you months and years and everything ahead. Like, ooh, I can handle everything all the time right now. That's not how he does it. Because then we wouldn't trust him. We wouldn't have to rely on him. We wouldn't seek him. It would be once and done. Instead, he gives you the ticket when you need the ticket. I will be there. He knows what it's like to be abandoned, so he is not going to abandon us. He will not abandon you. On our mission, there will be tremendous pain and tremendous difficulty, persecution. But that is where God shines, through persecution. Does, does he shine when we do really great things in this world? Maybe some. But God really shines when we persevere through persecution. People see it. That, that soldier on the side of the lake would not have turned if he didn't see the supernatural movement of God in people that were suffering for his name. A disciple is not above his teacher or a slave above his master. It is enough for a disciple to become like his teacher and a slave like his master. Jesus suffered. Are we above him? Did you join Christianity to be above God? No. To be with him. We do what Jesus did, and guess what? Jesus suffered, but he will not leave us. I know that's scary, but he is with us always. You know, there's two, two extremes we could take this to. The first is that we will never be persecuted. Everything's going right. Everything's great. And then 
If I, I want you, if you've never been persecuted, I want you to think, are you truly living on mission? Because, it, you're, because truth is offensive to this world. And on the other side, are you always being persecuted? Oh, always, someone's always doing something. It might be you're not quite as innocent as you think. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for innocence in how you act through the suffering. Do you expect to suffer? God goes before you, behind you, beside you. You are not alone. So that we can say what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your, is your victory, where death is your sting. It's like you're mocking death. Can you get... Do you imagine what it's like to get to that point? Like, I don't care. Death, you, where's your sting? Bring it. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast. Stand. Be immovable always excelling in the Lord's work because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. This pep talk is hard to hear. It is hard to hear. But we know, we know our loving Savior. We know that he's with us every single step of the way. He will not abandon us like he was left alone, utterly alone. He will not do that for us. Have some questions for you to think about here. Are we willing to live on mission knowing that persecution will come? Are you willing to do that? Or are we just going to try to avoid all persecution? If someone's going to tell me to do something wrong, I'll go along because I don't like that uncomfortable feeling where people don't like it. Expect the persecution. Where do you need to grow? Is it in shrewdness or in innocent, innocence? Do you expect this suffering because of Jesus? We are sheep. He was the lamb. We yearn to be like him. And do you trust Jesus through your pain and suffering? Some of you have that now. Some of you are persevering even now. Do you trust him to give you the ticket you need at that moment? Let's pray. Thanks again for listening, and we pray this was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments about what you heard, our email is info at or you can find us on social media at Inkening Gospel. Thank you.